This is a Poets and Writers page one author reading. To hear more, visit us at pw.org forward slash multimedia or at soundcloud.com forward slash poets and writers. There were cracks on all four corners of Mama's bedroom and they were hungry, black, jagged and deep. They resembled outstretched hands whose claws leaned toward the center anticipating when they could devour her whole. They were Mama's biggest nuisance. Over the years, she'd squandered thousands to get them painted over, but there was no polymer in the world that could overpower a vengeful spirit. She knew their brownstone was askew ever since Iris had been born, cups stained in the cupboard minutes after they had been washed, subtle sounds like fingernails scraping against windows or sharp winds on the inside persisted, but ever since Iris's premonition about that woman, Layla, the outside presence became more apparent. The holes in the ceiling grew larger. The wallpaper chipped and crusted no matter how many times it was patched over. And the aroma in certain rooms was stale and dead, even if perfumed oil and glass decanters was used to diffuse the smell. She didn't want to believe it. The house had been lived in for decades. Wear and tear was natural, but Ma was getting older. She'd had to move from her master bedroom down to the office on the first floor because her legs were no match for the stairs in her old age. Though the call nevertheless protected her body, it did not protect the mind in the same way. She had always been perceptive, paranoid even, which is why she took Iris's words to heart. But now she wondered if taking heed to that premonition about Layla's unborn child wasn't enough. The Melanson family were accustomed to precarious living situations. Before migrating, they lived along the Cane River in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Each family owned a home on Ayers' property from the river to the back swamp. The ranch in which my mom resided was on land between the river and an artificial levee, the living room itself right along the central waterway, a risk for whenever there were high tides and hurricanes. Cochon de lait characterized many weekends night-long carrying on and feasting on a roast-suckling pig before Sunday Mass at St. Augustine. When call-bearers lived peacefully, they distilled oil from their camper trees and sold them as medicine and perfume as a side hustle to everyone from the neighbors to the priests. Ever since Hala was born, Mama had been reminiscing about simpler days spent raising chickens and hogs or watching the sun touch the valley's horizon through the sand hills. She felt secure, her family was secure, their legacy intact. Hollow regenerated call more quickly than anyone Mama had ever seen. She was the future, the successor. For the first years of Hollow's life, Mama fantasized without worry. She would sink deep into her mattress and recall the smell of the sycamore or azalea. How as a child, unlike her relatives, she was endowed with an apprehension about her sense of place while living on a seemingly congenial pocket of space where the land and water met. Moving to Harlem had brought its challenges. The camellia red beans, white lily flour, creole seasoning, and Louisiana hot sauce did not cook so richly here. In the summertime, the scent of fried chicken waved it through the air. Then in the colder months, the air smelled of nothing but rain. They substituted their gardens for flower pots, lawns for stoops, camphor oil for their bodies. But at least they owned their brownstone outright. She and her husband, Alexander, had pulled their resources together what she made selling her call and what he made as a blacksmith to move up north and start anew. Of course, the city lights had been too much temptation for him. Just like a man, Mama often told herself when she caught herself missing him, 
He had no interest in being a blacksmith anymore or hearing about how Mama was progressing with the call-bearing business. Whatever earnings they cultivated, he squandered on drinking and gambling until finally Mama had caught him laid up with a cabaret singer. She kicked him and his belongings out on Frederick Douglass Boulevard and he left without so much as a request for reconciliation, let alone an apology. The only thing she could remember him by was a small wrinkled photo of him that she kept on her desk and had never thought to remove after all these years. Since Alexander left her with two small children, Mama poured everything she could back into her, their home, devoting painstaking effort to making sure every corner was dusted and every surface polished. The home, like her business and her children, was her world, and she was hell-bent on preserving her world, bounded within these four walls.